Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, what's up, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you are all having an amazing day so far. I am so excited and grateful and privileged to be introducing my main man, brother, and dear friend, Mr. Kyle Brown. So Kyle, I met almost over a year ago. In fact, he was one of the first people that I really met on my on my healing journey that helped me access a deeper well of wisdom within my body and my heart. You know, I used to really focus on mindset and growing in my brain and really logically thinking through where I needed to go to next. But he was one of the first people that used a tool called tapping or the emotional freedom technique. And we talk a lot about what that is on this episode to help me access my own inner wisdom, to help me connect with my emotions and to allow the wisdom inside of that space to then accelerate a level of growth that I could not have achieved by believing in the mind itself. And that's something that we talk a lot about on this episode. You know, we talk a lot about the idea of surrendering control, the idea of surrendering the the how, surrendering the checklist, surrendering the the boxes that need to be ticked. And allowing the flow of life to actually guide your journey, allowing the flow of life to guide your ability to heal the things that you may not be able to heal logically. And, you know, Kyle has got an amazing journey. I mean, he was fully invested in the hustle culture, played competitive water polo in college. He was a competitive bodybuilder. He just, he had a lifestyle that revolved pushing and going after everything he wanted until he got almost, he he almost died. He got sick to the point of near death. He was diagnosed with double pneumonia. He had sepsis and his organs were shutting down. And until then, Kyle was super healthy and it didn't matter what he did. He couldn't actually solve the problem. And at that point he had to surrender. And that created then the connection that Kyle now teaches and embodies with the divine, that connection with that infinite intelligence in our hearts. So now Kyle is busy empowering entrepreneurs almost for the last two decades to break down barriers and achieve physical, mental, and emotional mastery. He's worked with top CEOs, Fortune 500 companies, professional and Olympic athletes, and countless celebrities who have worked with Kyle to truly develop sustainable, fit, happy, peaceful, aligned, and balanced lives. And I just love this guy to pieces. He really is just a soul brother. And I know you guys are going to feel his energy. And I hope one thing you take away from this conversation is, is, is really an embodied idea of the, of the concept of surrender. You know, surrender is not giving up. To me, surrender is about surrendering control. It's about surrendering the need to know it all. And it's trusting the innate wisdom of the moment, trusting what you feel, trusting where you are and trusting that what is happening in your life is there to, to guide you down a path to enlightenment, guide you down the path to your highest growth. So I love you guys. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on iTunes. All that means is that every single time we release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. If you are not 
an Apple listener. We're also on Spotify and other podcast apps. So choose your vehicle of choice. I'm just so grateful to have you here. If anything that we said on the episode resonated with you, shoot me a DM on Instagram, leave us a review. I read every single message and review that comes through and it goes a really long way in helping other people find out about the show and learn more about Stay Grounded and the impact that each of our amazing guests are having in the world. So yeah, I just, I'm so grateful and excited for you guys to meet Kyle. He's amazing. So without further ado, here is the amazing and wonderful Mr. Kyle Brown. Enjoy. Yo, 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 what's up, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you are all having a mindfully grounded day. I am so excited to reconnect, brother. Kyle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, brother, for having me. I'm so excited about today. Oh, man, I'm just like, I just love your energy, man. It really does feel, I actually don't even feel like we've missed a beat, like, a year ago, we connected and you helped me break through some huge sort of blockages at the time. And it's just great to kind of come back after all the, just all the growth I've experienced and kind of revisit that moment, those experiences and just create and, and just reconnect, brother. I'm excited. To, I'm excited for today. Well, you're beaming through the camera. I can see it and feel it. <laughs> and in the quantum, we haven't skipped a beat. So that's a no. beautiful way to operate as if everyone you know like and don't like are all looking at you cheering you on at the same time, 24, seven, 365. So that is a beautiful perspective and I fully receive and appreciate and mirror that right back at you. So I want to start with EFT tapping and just one, maybe setting the container for what that specific modality of healing is. And for everybody who's listening, I already talked about this in the intro, but Last year, I was starting my healing journey in a deep and intimate way, and Kyle actually helped me uh, go through a tapping process, which helped me unleash some emotions that I wasn't expecting to release. And so it really set me down a path and a very intentionally guided path to finding those core wounds. So yeah, Kyle, take it away, man. Like, So set the stage. What is EFT and what is tapping? Let's just start there and then let the conversation go where it's supposed to. Awesome. So for those of you who are not familiar with tapping, The EFT part stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques, which is basically a combination of this ancient Chinese acupressure. So instead of using needles, you're just using your two little uh, fingers, your middle and your index, and cognitive behavioral therapy. What's so cool about it is that you are working within the quantum realm. So time doesn't really matter because in most types of therapy, you're really in that left brain, or maybe you tap into your unconscious and you work in a slow, methodical way. And coming from a fitness background, everything is slow, methodical, and compounding. The humor behind it all, which uh, universe created sense of humor, is that with tapping, you can say, oh, I've got this weight of the world on my shoulders. And you can just tune in and say, well, is this serving me anymore? Do I want to let go of it like that? And it's literally the antithesis of the slow, methodical fitness journey of the masculine into just the surrendering and letting go of the feminine and just tapping into your own awareness of what and who you really are. So the results and the shift can be instantaneous, which uh, was cool to let you experience, especially because we were actually working virtually for that particular moment Yeah, because uh, I wasn't able to travel out there. And it was so cool to just show you like... If there's any proof of the quantum, it's right there is that you and I bonded and connected 
without being in the same room in the same vicinity. Well, what was fascinating was as you were guiding me through the tapping, right? I was tapping different parts of my body and I was reciting mantras or affirmations. It was weird because at some point I actually felt a damn break in my heart. Like I felt like a damn break and I felt sadness or I felt myself get to an answer or a truth that was prickly and uncomfortable for me to get to. And I found in, in my own healing journey, just the resonance of truth. The truth has a ring to it. When you feel the truth, it's hard to unfeel it. Like you can justify logically that something makes sense or doesn't make sense or go through the rabbit hole of adding things up. But like, you know, somehow, some way I felt this, this truth around my relationship with my mom and something that I was realizing, a pattern that I had become aware of just through the feeling and that was something that just shocked me because I feel like there's emotional awareness and then there's intellectual awareness. Can you talk to, I guess, the role that the mind and the emotions play in the journey of healing? Like you said, like the masculine, which is kind of like that logical, you know, and then the feminine is that surrender, which is more the feeling like what is the balance? Uh, great question. And that to me is such an interesting thing that we really are not taught in school. It doesn't really get programmed into us throughout, you know, the normal human journey, but it's, you know, everyone's like, you know, the mind's a terrible thing to waste. And I'm like, well, the mind serves its purpose, but it yes. is not the master communicator, nor the master of intellect. We think that everything needs to be this beta brainwave, logical, rational decision where we put in our, our checks and balances and we create these pros and cons sheets and we do the mathematical equations to see if things add up and make sense. Yet in reality, that serves its purpose, but the truth is heart-centered. The truth just beams from your master source of intelligence, which is your intuition, which is much more of a heart-centered place. So what happens is why EFT can be so effective as a tool is that often we're so tuned into where our mind is and in any form of transformation, we're like, oh, it's uh, you know, 90% mental. Maybe to get to an end result, the mind has an incredibly powerful piece, but not to truly transform and not to stay there. So if you're keeping the result and it's fleeting, who cares? Why go through all the pain and torture? Maybe there's a better way. And the truth is, when you plug back into the flow of life, you surrender, you tap into this feminine consciousness of not what else can I add, but what can I let go of? Then the truth sets you free, like truly sets you free because you're letting go of so many things that you've just stuffed down like a sandwich. And it's an out of sight, out of mind mindset that is all hustle driven. It's force, push, drive, persevere. That just sounds exhausting even just to say all those words. And as a busy entrepreneur, you know, we tend to give rewards and gifts and accolades for that type of a mindset. And it does serve your, you know, a purpose. There is a survival of the fittest aspect that if you just give up and let go too much and you don't have harmony between then, maybe you off yourself. <laughs> so yeah. we have to find that right harmony. And I really think that the harmony piece comes in where we say, you know what, there is nothing in me that's actually broken. It's just these things that I've been holding on to. And you said the damn let go. That's exactly what it is. 
you stuff it down, you focus your mind on something else, you build these great businesses, you build this incredible career, you do everything you can to make your family proud. And then all of a sudden, one day you wake up and you look in the mirror and you go, wait a minute, maybe there's more to this. And yeah. man, I'm so grateful you went through that process because boy, oh boy, it's awesome to see. Well, there's expansion, right? And I think I used to think that expansion and growth are very linear. Like it's like I'm going in a path, like I've got a set goal plan. I'm going this way. And I'm realizing that expansive, like just growth in general, true growth, expansive, exponential growth is almost like it goes in every direction. There's no linear path. So like for me, I, and I'm really resonating with the idea that the mind is in service to the heart. And like at the core of it, there is this unconditional sort of pure essence of the soul that is that divinity that is us, that pure love. And then we have the mental constructs that protect us from really feeling that and acknowledging that and embodying that. And the breaking down of those walls has actually been my greatest practice. In the last year for me, it's been, what are the walls that are stopping me from surrendering deeper, from loving more unconditionally, from feeling the things that I resist feeling, from acknowledging and forgiving myself? I mean, those are the, the, the softer, more feminine practices of healing and surrender. And I'm finding that the more I lean into practices that have that sort of nuanced, I can't add one plus one equals two sort of nature to them, the more I intuitively start to grow in a direction that's much more authentically mine. Yes, I love that. So often we think it's just this linear path up. And then there's this whole fallacy of maintenance. I talk about it regardless of if you're dealing with physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, or energetic, there is no maintenance. It's not unless you maybe if you want to go live off in a cave and just sit there by yourself and not interact with humanity and society. Great. But maintenance doesn't exist. There are always new opportunities for expansion, right? That's, that's why we're having this human experience here is to constantly just grow into the best version of ourselves, let go of what doesn't serve us. And it's a never-ending process. So you can't be like, ah, I'm good. All right, I let go of that little trauma from when I was three. Life is good. All of a sudden you think that and you're like, now I'm going to stop these practices that create momentum and I'm going to sit here and everything will be fine. Well, that doesn't work in fitness. It doesn't work with your business. It doesn't work with anything. Whatever you shine light upon grows and expands. Whatever you turn a blind eye and you put in darkness, it dies. We see it in a flower, see it in a human. So. I always say one of the best things you can do on a day-to-day basis is just tune into what radio station are you listening to that morning? Not the physical radio station, but as you're sitting there, if you hear something motivational, you go, that's crap. What's the point? It's useless. Or all of a sudden you get a phone call from somebody who's what I like to call an Eeyore, like one of the negative people from your past who's just whining and complaining. Just step back, get in the back seat and say, wait a minute. <laughs> Am I tuned into the wrong station? Reset yourself. Mm. And then, you know, it's to me, it's just like uh, the movie that was filmed in my hometown, Groundhog Day, which is when he changed his perspective and in his approach, his whole world changed instead of living that same day over and over again. And I really think we can all do that on a daily basis by being present in the moment and resetting ourselves and saying, where can I continue to surrender? Where can I continue to grow and expand into the best version of myself? And most importantly, can I make sure I'm having fun and a good time and laughing my ass off in the process? Because if you're being too serious about this process, you're just missing the boat. 100%, man. And I, 
you know, but I, th- I think, I think people are afraid of surrender or the idea of surrender. Like, I mean, I, I certainly was like when I first started realizing all of these awarenesses around either my shortcomings or these awarenesses around like me being my biggest sort of like block. And there was a level of personal responsibility on the other side of that, that I was afraid of truly owning. And I think at the core of it, there was a lack of self-trust. I guess I would love to hear your perspectives around self-trust and how do you help people cultivate it? And how can one cultivate more trust in the act of surrender instead of sort of holding on to dear life, holding on to egos that don't serve, holding on to practices or things or relationships? And like, I, I feel, I, I mean, it was the scariest thing in the world to like confront those parts of me those parts of me that I was not proud of, those parts of me that I was afraid of admitting, those parts of me that I was afraid to let go of because they had created so much success in my life. I mean, I, I would just love to to learn more about how maybe you even in your life have embodied self-trust or how you teach self-trust. Man, that's beautiful. It's uh, my personal journey with it. I started off as masculine energy as it comes with this stuff. I played competitive water polo in college. I was a competitive bodybuilder. Everything I was doing was based on competition and competing against yourself. My business was called Strive for Fitness. And that was no coincidence. It was because there was never enough. It was never good enough. So the idea of surrender, if you go back throughout history and war, surrender is futile. It's like the worst thing you could ever possibly do. And in the masculine energy of breadwinner, the idea of surrendering is, it's not only just scary, it's a non-thought, especially for type A's. Type A is, is everything on the other side. For me, what happened was, it was a forced thing where I used all this mindset training and everything I had in January of 2019. I've been pushing, 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 go, go, go. And I used this whole concept. I, I remember all the motivational speakers out there were always like, you know, you're just three feet from gold. Just keep digging, keep digging, keep digging and don't walk away from it. And all of a sudden I got sick to the point of near death. And I ended up catching double pneumonia and I went in for a chest x-ray because I felt like something might've been off. And they immediately called code septic, meaning my organs were shutting down. And I had no idea. I thought mind over matter. I could push through things. And I don't take any kind of pharmaceuticals. I eat all organic. I've been 5% lean year round. And all of a sudden, I was forced into surrender. Or they said, okay, we're going to give you every antibiotic we can to save your life. And I just had to let go in that moment. And as I'm sitting there letting go in that moment, I just sort of tapped in. And I realized that that three feet from gold that I was digging and pushing and striving for was more like a six foot grave that I'd been digging and I had no idea. And all the pressure that I'd been putting on myself was like, for what? Maybe you can relate to this, but there's this whole, when I, then I mindset, you know, when I achieve this, then I will go have fun and be the person I want to be. That to me is just the big cosmic joke of like, as long as you say the world is sitting at your fingertips, it's like you just walked up to the universe and, and you had your one wish and you said, you know what? The world is sitting right at my fingertips. I'm almost there. I'm just in grasp of it. And, and source looks back at you and says, yes, the world is just right there at your fingertips at the source. Or you can get the opportunity to 
redo it all and reframe it and say, I have everything I possibly need. And to me, the easiest way to surrender when I take somebody through a surrendering journey is conscious awareness through gratitude and mindfulness. Now, gratitude is typically a to-do list for most people. I feel like most people do gratitude wrong. They'll sit down and be like, I'm grateful for the stars, the moon, the sky, my family, this. And there's no feeling and intention behind it. Mm. Phoning it in. It's just yep. like when somebody's hooking up with somebody, they're like, yeah, at least I'm getting my rocks off. Like, eh, that's fleeting and, it, and it's hollow. To me, the depths of gratitude I have all my clients do is on two sides. One is sitting in a quiet meditative state and just really tuning in to how fortunate they are. And two, I'm a big fan of active gratitude. And active gratitude, if you haven't heard of that concept before, because I just threw that word in front of it, (laughs) you probably haven't. It is looking at your day and the actions that you put in towards being the best and highest version of yourself and truly giving yourself the pat on the back because our head is so focused on avoid and don't do versus joy. So at its core essence, what I have people do is I have them focus on a complete flip of the script, which makes surrendering so much easier. And it's this, you have two main fuel sources, willpower and enthusiasm. Willpower is everything in that masculine energy of push, go, never give up, never surrender. And then enthusiasm actually comes from the Greek enthusiasmos, meaning with spirit. So you're actually not doing this whole thing alone. You're connected and you're excited and you're fired up just like a little kid when they're out there doing things. When you're in that place and that energy, surrendering is the easiest thing in the world to do. So look at a little kid, how many times they fail when they're just walking at first or if they're playing a sport. Like when my, my son played soccer, when he was like three, I was sitting there and I'd watch him kick the ball and totally screw up. And he just laughed his butt off. He'd say, ah, and he'd run down the street, running like, or run down the court, run up, or the field like this, smiling and laughing. And I was like, he is not holding this weight of the world to succeed on his shoulders. He's just playing and having a good time. So play is truly the anecdote to the difficulty of surrender. If you stop taking mm-hmm. life so damn seriously, surrender is the easiest thing in the world. Like, what a waste. Nobody's even watching or cares anyway. Next, let's let that go. Wow, I can't believe I held on to that stuff. And that all comes through two things, play and humor. Humor is literally the highest, highest level. And if you want proof of it, sit down and watch the most incredibly powerful, we'll call them gurus out there. Like I remember when I went to see the Dalai Lama speak. I sat there with a yellow pad. He's so funny, dude. He's so funny. He's just, I think I remember watching like a video of the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu, like going back and forth. And they were just laughing the whole time. Because I guess when you get to that place of true enlightenment, all you have to do is laugh. It's the truest embodiment of an enlightened being, which is just joy and play and laughter and lightness. Maharishi Maharish Yogi, the giggling guru. That's his nickname. The dude's giggling all the time. There is so much truth to tapping into the cosmic joke. Alan Watts, when he talks about just the humor of the Godhead, when people come with their, their problems, like, I see the true essence of what you really are. Stop pretending to be something so much smaller than you are. And yeah, yeah. I mean, there is so much power in humor. There's a, man, and you said a lot in, in what you shared around surrender. 
And one thing I just wanted to highlight is the embodiment of gratitude. Mm. I've done this and I'm sure you can resonate. It's like living, you have this why, this mission statement that you're living for. You're like, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm creating this thing in the world. I'm leaving this behind. But knowing your why is a hell of a lot different than living it and remembering it. And the art of gratitude and why I feel like it's such a cheat code, an act of gratitude or act of appreciation in that regard. It's this, it's this lifestyle of truly acknowledging that, I mean, like a year ago, the life you have today is what you wanted. So if you started a year ago and you're like, oh, I can't wait till I have that thing. And then it's a year later and all you're doing is thinking about the next thing. You're actually missing the point because the entire time, like, I, I can't tell you how many problems I've this is actually one of the most grounding practices I've been able to do with my, when I'm going through a tough time right now, I actually sit down and I think about, man, five years ago, if I would have told younger Raj that I'd be having the problems that I'm having today, I would have like that younger Raj would have been like, holy shit, Raj made it. Like he made it, he made it. And so there's this beauty and gratitude that allows you to sort of put yourself back into presence. And in that presence, there's this, this trust and I think there's that embodied trust of just like, oh my gosh, like everything I have right now, I had no idea I would have five years ago. It may not look or feel or see, I may not, it may not be the same thing on paper, but if I'm, but like you can't, here's, I think this is at the core of it. You can't love who you are today without being grateful for all the things that made you who you are today. And there's an element of surrender in just that. Like you had no idea this is who you were going to become. One of the biggest pieces on the surrender journey that I see so often is the guilt and shame aspect. Mm. And guilt and shame are two of the lowest vibe energies you can feel. And man, it's like <laughs> nagging, right? <laughs> is the kryptonite to like to, to Superman, in my opinion. And so much of that is also like uh, nagging on the past. And if you can sit back and just say, wait a minute. What you just said right there, Raj, is like, if you didn't have the perspective of those mistakes, how would you really get to know and appreciate the depths of where you've come from? How would you get to appreciate the life that you've created without those missteps? And those missteps maybe were a pre-planned misstep, or maybe they were the perfect step for you to actually truly learn experientially what you need to know, because different people learn different ways. I'm definitely an experiential learner. I need to put my hand in the fire and go, ouch, don't do that again. And there's so much wisdom that comes through experience, good, bad, ugly, all of it. I'd love to maybe come back to EFT or tapping. Like, How does that actually play into guilt and shame? I think you're right. Guilt and shame are the two lowest frequency guardrails around the heart. Like, They're like the mind's like the mind thinks they're useful. Actually, this is something I've been really playing with recently, man. Like I've been becoming so aware of my own inner self-critic, like the voice of judgment, learning from that voice of judgment around how much, how much I thought my judgments were keeping me safe. It's like this guardrail, like, oh, Raj, if you judge your work, you're going to ensure that it's the highest quality work. Raj, if you judge yourself for not showing up in a certain way for somebody, it's going to be this like this guardrail that keeps you accountable to showing up for somebody. And it's this lack, this place of lack. And I'm noticing how many areas in my life it's permeating beyond like judgment and shame and guilt. How do you unravel those, those low frequency emotions in yourself and in others? 
again, I kind of look back at my own personal journey and I say, wow, all of those experiences enabled me to be able to create such a powerful container for people. So there's, there's gratitude in that. And the way we unravel them, so at its core essence with EFT, as you're going through the EFT tapping spots, which as a reminder, you do three separate rounds here on this karate chop spot. So these spots are basically acupuncture spots. So you start here, you move on to the inner eye, outer, under the eye, the nose, under the mouth, right here, these two clavicle bones, under parallel to the bra line for women, and then top of the head, your crown. And there, that's kind of the basic recipe, the basic formula. So you're hitting these acupuncture spots and removing energy blocks. Now, as you're going through that, and you're saying something along the lines of, you know, even though I am so embarrassed by the way I talked to my girlfriend, I should have never spoken to her that way. It's okay. You know, this too shall pass. And I deeply and completely love, forgive, and accept myself. So you're talking about loving, forgiving, and accepting yourself. How often, I know so many people whose parents never even said, I love you. Let alone, how often does the average person actually say, I deeply and completely love, forgive, and accept myself? Never, (laughs) right? We're so hard on ourselves. Our inner critic is so hard on yourself. And where I find this, again, with the, the A types and the busy leaders, the hardest one of all those to actually get out of their mouth is the word forgive. Yes, 100%. And so sometimes I'll sit there and I'll say it like six times until I watch it click in that person's eyes when I'm coaching them. And I'll be like, forgive. I'm like, forgive. Forgive. <laughs> forgive. And like it needs to actually click in and resonate like, okay, it's okay to forgive yourself for any of your transactions or transgressions or bad transactions, either one. <laughs> and, and that forgiveness piece is huge because at the end of the day, if you can't forgive yourself and talk to yourself nicely and kindly and move on and actually learn from those lessons, how could you possibly ever do the same for those you care about? And I watch so many yeah. people and friendships and business relationships, partnerships over one thing that you can move past if communication is there. Like, oh, once of this, always of this. That guy, you know, he didn't let me know we made money on this. So he's, he's a piece of crap. And we brush him off. Now, did he do 675 other things right and one thing wrong? And now we knocked him out of our business? Totally. Why? Instead, can you move past that? Find out what's really going on. Get to the why there. And create the dynamic and decide if it's worth forgiving that person. And then move on from there. And you don't have that capacity if you can't do the same thing for yourself. I am actually learning more and more that forgiveness is more for me than anyone else. You're literally tying the energetic cords that are like stuck in your, in your heart, your body, like they, it is. And that's why it's so hard because you're back to surrendering. It's a form of egoic sort of death. It's like, I'm surrendering the need to be right in service to the desire of being happy. It's surrendering that need, that, that protective need and that's why I think it's so hard. It's acceptance for me has always been a lot easier than forgiveness. Like I can accept myself, but forgiveness takes a deeper level of like surrender that I'm learning to practice and embody more. And I love that you beat it into people because <laughs> I feel like I'm one of those guys that needs yep. to be like, like with a club, just smack <laughs> me until it like just breaks. 
<laughs> it's a verbal spanking. That's yeah. <laughs> it's so wild. Like I, and it's it feels so simple. Yeah, like we we talk about play and laughter and humor and forgiveness and you know these simple concepts. Yet they're so hard. Like, how do you inspire the courage to do the hard thing? It's hard. It's really hard to inspire that courage. Like, I, it, I mean, now I feel like I, I seek it. Like, I seek the, the challenge. But that's not how I was when I first started. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Oh, yeah, it's interesting. So I'm a big fan of the map of human consciousness because it gives people who like quantitative something sitting right there in front of them as far as where are you at in terms of power and force and, and what radio station are you truly tuned into in the moment? So when it comes down to having that courage for transformation, there's, there's the idea of, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And when the student is really ready, the teacher disappears. So I like to sit back and say, okay, where are you at on your journey right now? And if somebody's fat and happy, it's pretty darn hard to get them to transform. You know, when I've done stuff with some of the celebrities and they're like, I'm partying, having fun, multiple girls playing video games, making money, balling. I want a six pack. (laughs) How bad do you want it? (laughs) Like your end goal of why you want your six pack, you already got met right now. So So somebody really like, I always look at transformation, any form of transformation that the key ingredient is actually usually anger. You have to be pissed off with the status quo enough to want to change and have to like, like, that's it. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of living the same year over and over. I'm sick of, of saying, you know, one day I'm going to do this. I'm sick of feeling this way. I'm sick of looking this way. I'm sick of thinking this way. So if it's really like, that's why I always give people the choice. I say like, all right, you know, you're feeling this emotion and where is it on a one to 10 scale? And then I say, is it serving you or do you want to let it go? Because then now they're empowered and they say, wait a minute, I'm the one who gets to let it go. I'm like, yeah, I'm not sitting there injecting some crap into your body and then letting you like forget about it or stuff it down or open up some pathway of, uh, of happy brain chemicals. I'm letting you get the ability and the power to let it go. So until they say, hey, I'm ready for that game, then you can bring a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink. So that to me is at the thing. You have to show them the benefits of why very clearly. Yeah. And I'm real. I have some people in my life that I would love to have more inspiration to, to embark on the healing journey. And I find myself just getting frustrated sometimes that they're not desiring it or excited about it. And I'm realizing more and more like that's also a practice for me to unconditionally love them because unconditional love is actually the, and I think that's the deepest form of surrender for me. Can I love this person even if they don't desire to be different? Can I love this person even if they, they hurt me? Can I love this person even if, you know, X like that to me is where there's the deepest, deepest, deepest practice and it's the hardest work and it's not easy. And I think that's, that's why it's important to remember our humanity inside of this. You know, we're, we are, we might be souls having a human experience, but shit, we're still having a human experience that is very hard and sometimes tangled and it's hard to forgive and accept. And you go through your journeys of transformation and anger and, and it's all beautiful and perfect and timely. And that's something I'm learning to honor 
in others. And I think by that proxy, I'm learning to honor for myself. It's like that patience for others is actually a mirror for the patience I have with myself. Beautiful. I think all too often when we first start getting into anything new, right now, the new trendy hip is, is spirituality. For some, it was a particular sport that they did or music that they listened to or a religion that they tapped into. If you proselytize it, <laughs> people are going to turn a deaf ear. So if you're coming to them and saying like, you need to believe this, you need to listen to this music, you need to do yeah. this. You, like, like you're, you're a sheep. If you don't understand this, you're missing the boat completely. If on yes. the other hand, if you embody it and you're like, Hey, I love you. Things are just really good right now. I just want to thank you for being you. Then somebody who is in that situation, the first thing they're going to do is maybe cock their head and say, whoa, what the heck are you smoking? <laughs> and then you're like, nothing, man, just life. And then they're going to cock their head again. And then eventually, if they just see this consistently over you, right, rather than these ups and downs, if they see consistency, just like in a relationship, consistency is key. They see this consistently like, man, you've changed. Typically, that can start to bring them up and create that form of curiosity. It's fishing instead of hunting, right? Nobody wants to be the deer. It's <laughs> a shot, right? But the fish wants to grab the worm. Mm, that's powerful, man. And I think that's such a, a reminder for him. This is why embodiment work is so important. God, you have to put this work into practice. Like, it's like you have to embody it. Like, I, I know so many people in the, you know, who are on their paths and they're kind of just bypassing, like, like they're transcending instead of befriending the, like what's here in the now. And I feel like all these spiritual practices and stuff, like they're only useful if you truly live them. And, and I'm realizing that more and more, like I've done so much work on myself and I have so much more I can do. Like there's so many, and I think that's the beautiful aspect of uncovering more aspects to you. Like you're the, the way you love becomes more textured and layered and you have so much more nuance in the way that you get to experience life. And I think that is the biggest gift that we can give ourselves is, is honor, honor ourselves for being on the journey. Like I love that self-love was at the core of the three mantras, right? Like, what is it? The, I, I, was it, I love myself. I forgive. Love, forgive, and accept myself. Yep. Like those three powerful, powerful, powerful mantras at the very core, so simple yet at the, the basis of it, it's like, it, it's just, it, it is the ultimate practice. Yeah. And it's something that I, I feel like I'm learning by being a tornado in a t-shirt sometimes, but you know, I'm <laughs> like a wrecking ball all over the place, but uh, inching my way forward. Looking at it through a lens, uh, I, I like to give this kind of overview concept as well on personal development journey with it. So if we take the chakra system, for example, we take the seven foundational chakras and right up through that solar plexus, that third chakra, that is the basis of personal development, which is really healing the me, which is why you have the personal and that's the whole analogy of you need to put your own oxygen mask on before you put your kids on. I find a lot of people, they get stuck and they think that they're done once they've hit the first three. So they're like, yeah, I'm good. Everything's great. Me, me, me. F you if you have a problem with it. And they, they hit those first three and everything is great. 
they forget the second part is, okay, I got my oxygen mask on. Now it's time to think about when and actually put it on my kid and my neighbor and my stranger, because we're all interconnected through unity consciousness. So where somebody is on that personal development journey, it gets very easy to tell if they're still in those beginning phases of like, I'm working on me, enough about me, me, me is good, everything's great. And then are they in a place of we and unity consciousness? Steve Young is a perfect example of that, who we both know really well. Everything he talks about is omni-benefit, and his practice of life is unconditional love in the most omni-we-focused way. And it's beautiful and authentic and real. And so many of the highest gurus go through that. However, where I talk about forgiveness and not having the guilt and shame is as we're having this human experience, there will be moments where you will be sitting there and thinking we, and then there's going to be a moment where you're going to have some sort of drama going in your life because you are human and you're going to step back into the me, right? My house is on fire right now, for example. I'm not just going to be like, you know, I'm really worried about the starving children in Africa. I'm going to be like, holy cow, my house is on fire. I need to put this fire out. And so being okay with that, there's moments on this journey where adversity and obstacles are going to happen. And it's good to forgive yourself and heal that me and then open yourself up to the we when you are aligned. Yeah, I think there's a, there's a sense of compassion. I think that going back to that voice of judgment I was speaking about, like when I go from the we to the me, oh man, I'm vicious with myself. I, it's, it's been such a practice of awareness to bring mindfulness to that voice of judgment. Like it's, and I feel like judgment's this weird cycle of, it's like the self-deprecating cycle that just never stops being like you have a judgment and then all of a sudden you judge yourself for having the judgment and then you judge yourself for judging. And then you just go into this cycle that keeps you trapped in the me. And the only way to actually come out of the me is to love yourself, is to forgive yourself, is to accept yourself. And I, I just, I love that. Do you have a daily practice of forgiveness that you, that you use? Like, is there, are there daily, I guess, practices that, that you, that you use yourself to sort of anchor yourself in that we sort of like heart set? Yeah. I just use heart set instead of mindset. Absolutely. Oh, and I love the heart set concept. First thing that I'll say before we get to that practice for anybody listening at home right now, one of the ways to get out of that being your own harshest critic is try this fun little task. When you're being really hard on yourself, grab a pen and paper and write it all down, all the things that you're saying to yourself. Then find an accountability buddy, somebody that you can trust, and say those things out loud to them, somebody you really like and admire. So if I was just like, Raj, you know, you are this and this and this and this, and you're going to realize like how ridiculous it sounds if the words actually go from a thought to a word to actually saying out to somebody you care about. And then you can like sit back and laugh and be like, holy crap, I would never say this to you. Why am I saying it to me? You know, it's kind of funny just on that, on that note real quick, like I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine earlier in the week and I was being really harsh on myself and he brilliantly was like, Hey, that's my friend Raj. Don't talk about him that way. <laughs> uh, and I started, I started dying laughing cause like, it was great. It like snapped me out of my, my own shit. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, so like, good. Yeah, <laughs> like you're your own worst salesperson. <laughs> you couldn't put it on a dating profile. Like, Hey, I'm totally dramatic. I've got horrible. Yes. Uh, are you into me? <laughs> 
Oh man, that's so oh, good. You know, that's that's key. Uh, for me, on the daily self love practice, I'm huge on winning my day first. I I get up before the rest of my family by about four hours. Now, do I spend all okay. four to five of those hours on me? Nah, but I spend a lot of them. So, the greatest way to go through that practice, I truly believe, is meditation. Because to get to that practice, it's not about doing, it's about letting go. So meditation, especially a meditation which isn't as focused, like transcendental meditation or even just a breath-based meditation, if you can sit back in and just realize, I, I like this analogy, it's, it's a plugging back in of your phone. If you are sitting here, all types of problems that we have in our life all stem from one thing. They all stem from disconnection from the truth. They're all in isolation. I'm the lonely balloon off on our own. And I'm doing this all on my own. So the beauty of meditation is that you quiet the monkey brain and you let go. And then you just sit in gratitude and allow the messages to come in. And you don't have to think. You don't have to communicate with anyone. You don't have to do work. Sometimes the absence of work is what creates the, aha, I'm good. <laughs> this isn't all there is. What you see isn't what you get. And I love the practice of just plugging back in, allowing whatever come to come. And then just that usually tends to create the alignment and awareness. And I call that my fuse, right? I'm a owner of multiple businesses. I have two young kids, one with an autoimmune disorder. I, I, I got some stuff. And the more I check back in, align myself for the day, and I win my day first, the longer that fuses. So I know if I haven't meditated a particular day, because my reaction, my reaction time to snapping is, is, is quick. And somebody will say something like, what the heck? I'm like, oh, I didn't meditate today. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Why, why do I even care? It's not that big of a deal. Okay, pull back for a minute. And I'll catch, where's my, where's my fuse at? And so I truly believe the most simplistic foundational practices are actually the most complex and have the most omnibenefit. So just simply tuning in and checking back in just makes a world of difference. You know, I like to call that filling up my love tank. Mm. Me and my girlfriend, we have a, a, a rule that like every day we just got to fill up each other's love tanks. Like it's like, and that's how you keep the relationship nourished and present and alive. And it doesn't have to be crazy with date nights and all the things. It's just, but making an intentional practice, just keep the love tank full. And I think that is what you're doing when you wake up four hours earlier than your family, you're actually filling up your own love tank here. And, and, and I'm realizing more and more that like, the more I tap into just a, a higher level of awareness around the soul and the universe and just love in nature, like by itself, like I'm realizing how many different places I can source love from. I can source love from people. I can source love from nature. I can source love just in myself. And the more I let go of the definition of the way it needs to look of the expectation of the need and the more I just allow, like you, like you mentioned in the meditation, just allowing yourself to just fill up because that's what you are. That's what we all are. We are all beings and containers of love. And it is simple. It's not easy. It's not easy. And it's simple. And I think this is where the mind actually comes into play as well. Like 
creating the routines and the rituals and the commitments and the structure, the mind, that is actually the greatest example of the mind being in service of the heart. It is creating that time intentionally for yourself to connect back with yourself and remember that we-ness. I just love that, man. And Kyle, you're just such a G. I, 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 I'm, I'm upset that we haven't caught up more in the last year. Like I'm genuinely kind of like, not upset, like, cause all timing is beautiful timing. And like, I just, I love having conversations with you. <laughs> you, you get to, and I also get to, cause it's a two way street. We get to love, forgive and accept ourselves. Even that. We- <laughs> <laughs> I, I just feel like when, I don't know, that's something I've been really, actually, this came up yesterday for me around like just how many friends in my life that I haven't really been taking like an active role to keep up with. And, and I'm learning to forgive myself and, and honor like that inner critics, like, God, Raj, you could be better friend. Da, 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 da. Instead of just honoring and choosing like in that moment to show up and do more. Quality over quantity is what I always say. And yeah, one thing that's another, in, like I, I told you an, an internal way to fill that love tank. I'll, I'll tell you an external way. I was a really shy kid and I really suffered and struggled with like communication, which is funny because I really feel like I've mastered communication pretty well professionally and personally at this point. And as this shy kid who struggled to fit in and find his voice, I read a book. I was like a sophomore in college called how to flirt. And it just completely shifted the way flirtation is viewed through me. And it's more like an intentional flirting which is about lifting other people up, which is actually one of the most selfish things you can do. And I think about when you said, you know, we're filling each other's love tank, you and your girlfriend, that is something you can do throughout the day. It is the most incredible way to embody love is literally as you're walking around and doing life to think, how can I make these other people feel better about themselves? How can I lift them up? How can I make the cashier smile? How can I make the the person making my sandwich feel like they matter more. And those little moments of doing that, but then doing it from a truly authentic place, not because I need my camera here so I can show it on Instagram to show the world that I'm authentic, but like doing it to fill your cup and just leaving it there is one of the coolest, most selfish, awesome things you can do. And for everyone listening, like selfish is not a bad thing. Oh my gosh. Like that took me so long to unravel like that belief, that story around like, God, if you're taking care of yourself, you're just being selfish. Like that was me thinking I had a finite amount of love. The reason why I'm being selfish is the greatest gift is because when you actually embody that idea that there is so much love in the world that I get to give myself infinite love and still have tons left over to give my friends and my family and my community and my team. And oh man, it's like, it's that belief that it's, it's kind of like the mind, the mind judgments. Like for me, like it's like this weird gatekeeper that thinks it's serving a purpose, but it's really not. (laughs) So I took, uh, in, in a particular plant ceremony that happened to happen fairly recently, I had a really cool out of body experience and I saw the human anatomy chart, which if you look at it, the hands and palms are like this because you have your give hand and your receive hand, both palms are open. And I started looking at the fingers as a different facet, which could be whatever you're addressing, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, energetic, financial. I know I just added six finger, but hey, I'm a little weird like that. But if you look at it, you have your give hand and your receive hand. 
in all of those sides, if one is not flowing, you create the dam in the other on every single aspect. So it's actually selfish in a negative way not to receive, not to take care of yourself, not to fill your own cup because you, the flow, the exchange of energy is being blocked. It's like turning down a compliment. Hey, you look great today. No, no, I look like crap. Well, man, that was just a mean thing to say to the person who's trying to lift you up and giving you a compliment right there. What, what are you leaving them with? We don't think through that lens. You know, it's fascinating. I remember a mentor of mine, this, this was something that really helped me early on in entrepreneurship around receiving help. And he really helped me see that like, Raj, how do you feel when you help people? And I was like, I feel amazing. And he's like, well, when you're not receiving help from me, you are denying me the pleasure of feeling amazing. And I remember when he said that it like broke open something for me because it was the first time I'd really kind of put myself in that shoe of realizing that being a gracious receiver is a, is a gift that reciprocates. Being a gracious receiver makes the giver feel good. And so you're still, there's a, and, and I think you can be gracious. We can be, we can all practice being better receivers from ourselves, like gracious receivers from ourselves. And I think that it takes practice and it takes commitment and it takes awareness and it's so worth it. I'll tell the type A's listening. It's not an all or nothing thing, right? If you're, if you're, if you're a sports fan, base hits and doubles, not home runs, just like anything else. It's like you're getting in the hall of fame in baseball batting point three, 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 right? Missing two out of three times. It's like, don't feel like all these practices have to become a to-do list so that all of a sudden now you're like, oh my gosh, when I finish my morning rituals, it's already bedtime. <laughs> so <laughs> just take one little thing, one little moment and take in that win. It's not, it's not yes or no. It's uh, it's funny. <laughs> just imagining someone like just doing every single personal development yeah. tool until they have to go to bed. Crap, and then... I just ran out of electricity for my infrared. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't get my eight hours of sleep. <laughs> Oh man, that's so great. <laughs> Kyle, brother, I, man, I feel like I could talk to you for hours, but I want to be respectful of time. Please, how can anybody listening, one, learn more about you, what you're offering in the world, what you're creating in the world, and just expand their own capacities to heal through EFT or tapping or really anything in that realm? Awesome. Well, first, uh, thank you. Like, seriously, thank you for reaching out. So you can congratulate yourself that you did put forth that effort to reach out in that moment. And uh, it was so well received. So thank you. Mm. So everyone listening, greatest way to get a hold of me. I'm a pretty open book. I don't have people that you need to filter through to, to connect at its core essence. At fitkylebrown.com on all social media, as well as fitkylebrown.com. You can reach out to me uh, directly. And uh, that's a super easy way. You can check out uh, our shakes anytime at fit365 or fit365.com. And I would say if you just want to start a journey of incorporating in a practice as basic as EFT, I've got lots of good resources. Reach out to me. I'll have myself or my team send you out something great to get started. There's no barrier to entry except for the limitations you put in your own way. Mm, Beautiful, brother. I just, I just love you so much, man. Like I, I had a feeling that this is going to be an amazing conversation. I had no idea where the hell we were going to take it. And I'm just really glad that we danced our way to wherever the hell we landed. Um, it's such an honor and a pleasure. 
I have one last question for you. In the midst of everything you're doing, everywhere you've been and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded? That is the most time appropriate question for literally right now. So on my own spiritual personal development journey, you know, I came from this really physical matter-based life of bodybuilding and, and whatnot. And as I went down personal development, spirituality, I got very out of body for a few years and felt totally just not grounded, not disconnected. What's so interesting is I sat back into what can I do to ground myself? And I started looking at what others were doing and reading and the research. And all of a sudden I started laughing and I was like, I was a master at grounding before, but not in you know, the cosmos. And for me, it's resistance training and playing sports. Because for me, when I play sports, I get into flow state. When I lift weights, I get into flow state. I'm not thinking about the biomechanics of the movements. I'm just honoring and treating my body like a temple and having fun. Like if you say, Kyle, go run 24 miles. I'll be like, eh, no, you say Kyle, yeah. basketball, 24 miles. But let's go. What? It's time to go inside. What? Mom's calling us. Dinner's ready. Ah. So <laughs> play is the ultimate way to ground by just getting in your body. Mm. That can be whatever it is for you. It can be dancing. It can be singing. It can be anything like that. For me, it's just playing and sports and just Getting in my body that way is the most grounding thing I've ever, ever, ever noticed for me personally. I just love the return to play and just the, the reminder to play and the reminder to make time for play and to incorporate play into all the things you're already doing because play is an energy. It's a, it's a heart set. It's a mindset. It is not something separate. It is all of it. And we can bring that energy, that childlike curiosity and awe and wonder into everyday existence. And I just so appreciate that reminder, man. I, I just so appreciate you, Kyle. Again, thank you so much for being here. But everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Kyle. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.